punk's not dead and neither is new wave join buzz and ben on static rage the punk and new wave album review podcast i hope everyone's ready to have a podcast party tonight we've got nothing better to do they watch TV and listen to podcast for two. And I just fucked it up. That's okay. That's what punk does. You fuck everything up. It's all right. Uh, it's for all those in a band that one just think you can just come out and say whatever you want. You can't. Too much caffeine, not enough practice. That's what you get. I mean, it was pretty punk, though. It was. I mean, if I just fucked up, I'd be like, fuck it, we're going to roll with it. That's right. <laughs> just means you can listen to more music. And welcome, everyone, to Static Rage, uh, where we are talking about. My personal favorite punk album of all time. Not to let the cat out of the bag, but I thought I'd be open with you here at the front. The first studio recording or studio album full length by the almighty Black Flag, Damaged. This album was released in the year of our Lord, 1981. On SST Records, which of course is the label that is owned by the guitarist Greg Ginn. The lineup, Greg Ginn, lead guitarist and backing vocals. Henry Rollins on lead vocals. Des Kadena on rhythm guitar and backing vocals. Chuck Dukowski on bass and backing vocals. And Robo on drums and backing vocals. And it has a runtime of a mere 34 minutes and 58 seconds, which compared to what we talked about last week is chef's kiss, about the perfect length for a punk album. I feel like everything on this album is perfect as far as punk goes, because just starting from the front where this Henry's like punching the fucking mirror, let that just, let that be the theme of this entire episode tonight. Yeah, this is actually kind of a, um, interesting album in that if you know anything about Black Flag, if you're listening to this, you probably do, you'll know that a lot of the songs on this had previously been recorded and released on EPs or singles with the various incarnation of the band up to this point. And we talked about Keith Morris and the songs he wrote with Black Flag when we did um, the Circle Jerks back a few weeks ago or whenever it was that we did the Circle Jerks. So this is not, at least all, not all of it, is brand new material that they were bringing into the studio in 81. So with that in mind, that's actually why I brought up the album artwork to begin with. And whether or not this is on purpose or not, it almost seems like the band is punching back at uh, former members. That's uh, and they said, fuck it, we didn't like your performance, we're gonna get this new guy to do it, and he's gonna do a better job. Fuck you. That is what the album cover says to me. Interesting, I think that that's probably part of it, but I also see it as Rollins dealing with his own issues and punching himself, and maybe that's because you know, I, I've spent so much time reading his writing and then listening to his spoken word that I, you really do get the sense that as much as he talks about this and obviously loved the time in it, he went through a lot of hell, you know. Um, Black Flag, unlike some of these punk bands that we've talked about, were really hounded by the authorities and just had a hard time making any money. And 
would have to go into restaurants and order water and wait and then like go and steal other people's food when they got up to leave before the bus boys could come and get it and just all kinds of crazy shit like that. So to me, it's, it's this album. Part of the reason why I think it's so perfect is because it's angry, but it's not just political anger and anger at the system. It's also an inward reflected anger, kind of like what we talked about when we talked about, um, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot the fucking name. Joy it's Gaffrey's their fucking name too. Yeah. <laughs> but with Joy Division, so that there is both that external rage at the at authority and about the politics of the situation, but then also like an internal rage. Yeah, so most of the songs on here, I, there's, I think like there's one or two that I, at least I felt were obviously political and everything else is pretty much like i'm just pissed at this i'm pissed at that i'm pissed at myself i fucking hate this i fucking that's what it felt like to me and i this is kind of in line with more of the punk i enjoy rather than like outward political stances it's more like this is what's pissing you off right now and this is my anger and aggression going out at it in a positive way instead of me physically destroying it which as you've already talked about some of these members might but that's maybe a discussion for another day um this is the more positive as less less, rather than destructive way to get your aggression out and i feel like everything on here kind of brought that i i do too um the playing is fast but it's not technically brilliant it's just good um Chuck Dukowski on bass, you know, does a tremendous job. Robo on drums. I mean, he goes on to play drums and other stuff, too, of course. But just that sound. Greg Ginn is probably one of the best noise punk guitarists out there because it it just feels like he's fighting his guitar and mostly winning, <laughs> but not completely winning. Um, so, yeah, I just really like it. So, um, this is uh, one of those albums that, like I said last week, I have a, I didn't blatantly, I didn't say this specifically, but I have a love-hate relationship with this album, um, and I'll get to that a little bit later here, but I, this checks off a lot of boxes for me in, my, in the punk that I like, so I really enjoyed it as far as that goes. Um, I'm glad he brought up the thing about uh, Greg fighting his guitar, because that's what it felt like to me. Which fit, yeah. but that's 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 gonna be one of my criticisms here a little bit later. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, uh, if I was, this is not necessarily an easy listening album, and I don't mean that as an easy listening music. It's just that there is something, uh, not in TV party, of course, because that is, if anything. And if I was going to criticize anything on the album, it would probably be TV Party, because TV Party is pretty much a pop-punk song. You know? Um, in the same ways that a lot of the Ramones songs are pop-punk, not in the, like necessarily in the way that becomes Green Day later. But it's easily accessible. It's, you know, it's got the clap-along track, um, a, a good singable chorus. You know... It's making a statement about sloth and wasting away drinking beer and watching TV. Um, so it's satirical in that manner, 
but it's also something I feel that a lot of people could miss the point on and just be like, yeah, man, let's just get fucked up and watch TV. So I don't necessarily know that it hit the mark the way that it was intended to. Yeah, that's so that's it's funny enough. That's probably my, my second favorite song on this album. Um, so the first time I heard it, I didn't I didn't know who Black Flag was. And again, again I'm, let me let me just take you back for those that haven't heard our previous podcast before, you know, back in like the 90s when I was a young kid and for, first getting into a lot of this. I remember hearing that song. And it was like, OK, well, that's a cute little song. And more I listen to it, I'm like, well, this is pretty fucking brilliant. Damn, they're making fun of like all these assholes sitting around. Just it, it almost made feel like they're making fun of the jocks that got out of high school that just sit around and like drink beer and beat their wives is what it's just what it reminded me of. Yeah. And then, as you said, with the the pop punk aspect of it, I mean, it did it had that, but it almost felt like they were making fun of pop pop punk at the same time. I mean, that that's really kind of why I think it's kind of a genius song. It's like making fun of more than just one type of thing. True. Um, Rise Above is just your quintessential classic punk rocker. You know, I, I, again, kind of like TV Party. It's got the good choruses you can sing along to. Just uh, spray paint 34 seconds. I mean, I've kind of jumped from talking about initial impressions because it's kind of hard to say what my initial impressions were. I don't remember exactly when I heard this for the first time. Um, it was probably after I'd heard Rollins Band, but I don't know that for sure. And it was like, okay, cool. I really like this guy. He was in this thing that was called Black Flag that seems like it was a big deal. And I went searching for it, and I found this. And you're right, that album cover, man, that album cover just speaks volumes. Because, you know, whether it's the band punching back at people who are upset about all the lineup changes or their former band members or punching themselves, it encapsulates the album so perfectly because it is an act of violence that damages you. And if you've seen them play live, man, <laughs> especially in the early 80s, not necessarily now, that they were, you know, in little bullshit-ass places playing with the crowd right up on them, sometimes bumping into them and getting into fistfights with them or having the cops come in and break it up. And I think that that cover encapsulates the Black Flag experience pretty damn good. At least, you know, the late 70s, early 80s Black Flag experience. So if you, those of you that maybe have never seen them live or seen what they look like, uh, if you go on YouTube and just start looking at some videos, especially of the time when, Black, when Henry's in Black Flag, <clears throat> Look at some of the interviews he does with people. There's one, and it's it's been posted by multiple people where he did this with like this young kid, and he's just being a total like like fucking cunt to this kid. He is kind of being that dickhead. He's being such a dick, and I, I'm I'm glad you know what I'm talking about there. Yeah, no, I, I totally like, got it. I'm looking at this going like he's being such an asshole to that kid. But at the same time, I'm like, but that's exactly what I expect him to be like. This is, this is what I expect. I would expect him to be kind of a jackass. Um, and then in some other, like, there's another interview where he's, like, in a car, and he's talking about, like, he hates, like, people that don't work out and, like, all this other shit. I'm like, mate, fuck kind of jock bullshit is this, man? I thought you were singing against it. But then you listen to some of these lyrics, and it's almost like, this is who I am, but I hate who I am, and I can't change myself. 
So I'm going to talk shit about myself, but at the same time talk shit about you. And I don't know if that's what he was going for, but I appreciate when people can do that when they know they have problems, but they're also, everyone else has problems too. So it's like, I'm just going to be a dick to everyone, including myself. And because I'm not going easy on myself, I'm damn sure not going easy on you. Um, That's probably one of the most honest things that someone could do, I think. And it's a very much a breath of fresh air for me, even though this is an older album. I think that there is something to that. I think that that is, I mean, you know, and Henry, if you know anything about him, you know that he came from a military family and doesn't really get along with his dad and his mom was a hippie and all this stuff. And I think that lifting weights became a refuge for him. And it is kind of funny because he, he does, especially by the time that he's out of the band. I mean, like, in 81, he didn't because he was so fucking skinny and everything and with his shaved head and all this other stuff. Um, he looked more like a skinhead than he did a jock of any kind. But by the time you get into like the mid 80s and early 90s, he does very much look like a jock because he has like a reasonable, like everyday haircut. Um, he is jacked. And if you see Henry now, He's no, he's no longer jacked. I mean, he's still in really good shape, but he has given up weightlifting and has, has gone into much more like walking or running and that kind of stuff. So he has more of a runner's physique as opposed to, you know, football dude who's going to beat your ass. He looked like he could have been in the, the Misfits, let's put it that way. Not quite as big as them, but pretty damn big. Um. So, yeah, it, it is kind of interesting, but I really do think that because of, and we talked about it when we talked about the Circle Jerks, and one of the reasons that Keith Morris quit the band was because the, the band was fucking brutal. They wanted to practice five hours a night and all these other things, and Rollins, for better or worse, and pe- perhaps not the best for him mentally, really bought into all that. I mean, he's talked about how they would be on stage and there would be like five or ten people in the audience and he was, wasn't was giving it his all. And uh, Dukowski like ran into him and said, you never give less than 100% in this band on stage. Don't ever do it again or I'll put you on your ass. And yes, sir. And he just fucking bought into it hook, line, and, and sinker. And if, if anything... Henry doesn't do things half-assed anymore after that, I guess, because he dove wholly into being the front man for this band and all the craziness that that entailed. Yeah, um, well, I'm glad you brought up the Misfit thing, too. So it's funny that you mentioned him being in the Misfits. So we'll talk about this later on in later podcasts, but he did some backing stuff with the misfits for those that don't know um he was there's a there's a very interesting relationship between black flag at least when henry was in it and the misfits and i it's just funny that they kind of have a lot of parallels to that um just it's if you ever see like henry's like left arm he's got a fucking Mm -hmm. crimson ghost tattoo like right there yeah uh close to his elbow so um, and this is one of those bands, and it, it's weird because I didn't, before I knew that, again, as a kid, like, I really got into the Misfits, I really got into Black Flag, I really got into the Circle Jerks, and I really got into Minor Threat. And it's just fucking funny that as I got a little bit older and started reading into some of this, it's like, oh, wow, Henry and and 
and the Misfits, especially with Glenn, was like like really tight. This is interesting to know that, huh, okay. I like both these bands almost equally. All right, that's cool. Um, so I just think it's interesting you brought that up. But yeah, his physique, man, has always been... And I think in almost all the all the videos I've seen him like either practicing with or like performing live, except for like when they did like that TV party video, he's wearing like fucking ranger panties and like no shirt, and he looks like he looks like this like fucking just crazy dude like off the streets has like no clothing, and like seeing him just go <laughs> crazy on stage is amazing. And for those that don't know what ranger panties are, you should look it up because it's pretty damn funny. Yeah. No, totally. Um, a, a very austere presentation with, with Henry. Um, it's also funny, and it doesn't really play into this album. Um, but I'll go. So I'm kind of hesitant because I, I, if we ever do that album, I'd rather talk about it there. But Black Flag did, and this kind of gives credence to your interpretation of the album cover because they pushed back against their fans that in like 83 or 84 and they grew their hair out and like all the hardcore fans are like what are you guys going metal and selling out and and started giving them a whole bunch of shit for that and it's it's so funny that a music that is supposed to be about express yourself no matter what and it doesn't matter what you look like is oh well you don't look like the right person to be doing this you changed your look so fuck you yeah i that's and that that's why I had such a weird, um, rela- like love hate relationship with this band. I think I've I think I mentioned that before we started recording. Um, to so part of that is I enjoyed the don't give a fuck attitude, which really I think is what punk should be. That's my ideal like punk attitude as far as that goes. But like hearing some of the shit that Henry said, like even the other people in this band have said, it's like man, you guys are playing into the whole like. If you're not exactly like one of us, then you're not you're not one of the cool kids. You can't be part of this. That is what I don't like. I'm like that that like completely goes against what I think punk is supposed to be about. Um, like yeah, it's cool you have your own beliefs. It's cool that you're like against a certain thing. That's awesome. Um, when you tell someone that they don't think exactly like you, though, it's kind of shitty in my opinion. Um, that that's kind of where my hate relationship with this band comes from. Hmm. That's an interesting because I don't necessarily know that I felt that it was coming from the band as it was coming more from the the fans towards the band, but it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, Greg Inn is an asshole, so there's certainly some of that from him. Um, and Rollins has been an asshole at times in various interviews. So, I mean, nobody's the same all the fucking time. So uh, it, it probably is a little bit more both ways than than how I'm thinking about it. But I often did see it as a, the fans' backlash towards them more than them towards the fans. I do think they got to a place where they hated the fans, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, or at least a certain segment of the fans. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just, um, and I've, I've listened to other albums from them, um, both with and without, uh, with different frontmen and everything. And I just, I don't know. I kind of got that feeling like, and I don't, I don't, I know we're talking about that. We're talking about um, we're talking about Black Flag right now, but I kind of feel like, in a lot of ways, Circle Jerks is what Black Flag would be if they didn't have such assholes in the band. Like that's that's kind of where I 
where I'm, I'll look at things up. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. Um, so we've kind of talked about the album pretty good, I think. Do you want to talk any more about the songs on it? I mean, we can. Uh, you already mentioned Rise Above. Um, you already mentioned TV Party. I think Six Pack is amusing as well, if you know who, if you know who it's about. Um, and again, it's almost one of those like when, when I made the the earlier when I was talking about yeah, TV Party reminds me of the drunk jocks that, that beat their wives. That's kind of where Six Pack is going to. Um, and I I don't remember who specifically it was about, but I remember the the guy was very much an abusive alcoholic, um, so they kind of wrote that about him. Um, police story I enjoyed a lot because it felt like this is what it was like growing up as a punk kid. Even even in the nineties, I remember going to a few shows um, in eighth grade and ninth grade, and like we never got raided by the police, but I remember people got like the police showed up a few times and actually arrested people, but they never broke up the show itself. Um, gimme, gimme, gimme was fast paced. I liked it. Depression's another one I really liked. Um, mm-hmm. That, that one I really, I really just I was like I like this one a lot because it starts off so slow. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, it reminds me too of later on when Henry Rollins goes off by himself and starts the Rollins Band. Uh, there's a very popular song he did called Liar, and Depression reminded me a lot of that, at least in the opening. Um, so there was that. Um, Patisel was good. Uh, both Damaged were good. So. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm very, I am very appreciative of a lot of songs on here for various reasons. Um, and you, you get that aggressiveness out. They, the pacing was good for me. Um, the aggressiveness was there. The political undertones on the few songs were there, but more importantly, the, the general attitude was there for me. So that really kicked it off. Yeah. Without a doubt. I think six pack was about their second singer, Ron Reyes, but I could be wrong on that. Um, if somebody out there knows better than that, feel free to correct me. Uh, but I do believe it was directed at him, considering I think one of the reasons they kicked him out was because he was drinking too much and fucking up on shows and stuff. Um, it's really interesting because the entire first side, which you went through, Rise Above, Spray Paint, Six Pack, What I See, TV Party, Thirsty and Miserable, Police Story, Gimme, 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 you know, Four of those six songs, or excuse me, six of those eight songs are Black Flag classics that you have multiple singers doing. And there are versions of them, whether with Keith Morris or Ron Reyes or with um, Des Cadena singing them, that in some ways are better than Rollins. It's that second half where Rollins is only given writing credit on one song on this album, Damaged One. But he really comes into his own on that second half, I thought, um, with Depression, Room 13, Damaged Two, No More, Padded Cell, Life of Pain, Damaged One. That is really, I think, where you see Henry starting to make his mark on the band more than in, in doing the stuff that they had recorded with other singers. Yeah, um, it's that that first half is very much your. I don't want to call it a greatest hits, but that kind of, that's almost what you could consider it. Like, like, hey, this is the greatest hits of Black Flag, and here's Henry. 
Yeah. Um, that that's and it, it they don't mean that like in a negative way either. That's exactly how it felt. Um, but yeah, just it everything clicked for me, man. Um, you know, and and if I had to give any kind of criticism, it's I think as a band musically, at least on this album. Other than the fact they can play fast, I didn't get much musically from it. But man, it was like it, it still checked all the fucking marks for me. I mean, it really. It, it's this is this is definitely one of those ideal punk albums for me. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have anything else to, to say about that either. Um, I think musically they're good enough for punk. I don't know. I, I think Gin is a very experimental guitarist, and he probably deserves some credit for being a noise merchant in that way. But I have never been a huge fan of his guitar work. Um, it's more than solid enough, and this is my favorite punk band, so take that for what it's worth. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, when I think of really good guitarists, Greg Ginn does not immediately come to mind. So shall we move on to grading then? Yes, sir, I think so. All right, cool. Well, um, I'll go first this time. So if you remember a couple weeks back where we did not my favorite punk album, but my most influential punk album from the Misfits, I said musically I thought they were awesome because of the singing and everything, but you know, as a punk album, it was just kind of okay. We're going to release that. We're going to kind of reverse that for this one. Uh, musically, I didn't really enjoy it that much. Um, it was noise. We've already talked about that. Um, it was acceptable. Um, it did fit what I would consider music, but it's not really all that great. Um, if I was not into punk, I probably would not have not liked this album and I definitely wouldn't like the band. Um, it's aggressive, but it's aggressive in a way that it felt like we're making noise, not music. And it just kind of fell flat for me musically. So from a musical perspective, I'm giving this a C minus. However, from a punk perspective, this album is getting a fucking A for me because, again, it all the things I just talked about that I didn't like, complete opposite as far as how this goes punk for me. It felt like a fucking punk album. It felt like this was a big fuck you to a lot of people, maybe possibly including themselves. Lyrically, all the lyrics were very sharp. They were very biting. Um, it's kind of critiquing everything. Even though the musicianship wasn't really there for me that I liked, it really fit for this, and I... Go back to what I said at the very first podcast we did when I said punk to me is that whole it's a chaos that's contained in a specific area. This is that if you want to call chaos, this is one of these bands, at least especially with this album that I would kind of fit that into so much so that this is in my top five punk albums. So, yeah, from a musically uh, C minus from a punk band album slash punk in general, this is going to get an A for me. Cool. Musically, this is not my favorite Black Flag album. I think that Slip It In, they're better musicians, and the music sounds better, just to pick another one of their albums. But to me, this has everything that Black Flag made their reputation, and to some extent, Henry Rollins made their reputations on. This is aggressive. It's noisy. It's unapologetic. It's in your fucking face. And it will punch you if you don't, I mean, you know, if you give it too much shit back. Um, 
it shows a band that were road warriors in the truest sense, you know, making just enough money at a show to put gas in their vehicle if they got paid at all and go on to the next town for the next show and do it yourself. We can't get on a, a record label. Fine. We'll start our own fucking record label, you know, and just the sheer indomitable will that is Greg Ginn's that got all this stuff made into this point matching with somebody whom I don't, and I don't think they're friends to this day. I don't think they like each other at all. I don't know what Henry feels towards Greg, but I'm pretty sure Greg doesn't like Henry because I don't think Greg likes anybody. Um, but somebody who had the same will and would stand in the fire with him, with Henry Rollins. And, you know... So this is kind of like just a moment captured in time of both youthful aggression and youthful self-loathing, and I'm here for it. Uh, it's an A+. Plus. Well, I, I definitely think we just about agree as far as the perspective goes on that, so that's good. Yeah. Man, um, yeah, I think we pretty much said everything we can about this. Uh, if you don't know this album, you ever heard this album, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go listen to it. Um, I this is one of those again. I, I if someone said, "Hey, man, what's a what's punk like?" This is one of the albums I'd pull out and hand to them. Yeah, same. Obviously, A plus favorite yeah. punk album. Yeah, you know, yeah. if it wasn't on my list, there'd be something wrong. <laughs> so, Ben, what are we doing next week? Uh, I think we're going to turn back time a little bit and, and revisit one of our earlier bands that we talked about. And which band would that be? I, I'm feeling in the need of a shower. A meteor shower. Meteor shower, you say? Hmm. I do. Well, I suppose we'll find out what album we're doing next week then. Tune in, find out about it, and see if we can get uh, something else coming from this band. Exactly. For all those of you out there that are listening still to us this day, we thank you, and uh, we invite you to rise above with the rest of us. And have a couple of brews. Later. <laughs> <laughs>